Church of Christ presents The Fierce Urgency of Now, a reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, April 19th, 2020. Well, happy Earth Day, everyone, and also happy Easter. Sometimes even we who are in the church and have been in the church our whole lives forget that Easter is not just one day. It's a whole season, the whole 50 days from Easter Sunday to Pentecost is the season of Easter. Some of our sister denominations that are just a bit more liturgical or high church than we are, the Catholics and the Episcopalians and the Lutherans, for example, they emphasize that every single Sunday is a little remembrance of Easter. Sunday is always an echo of Easter because without the experience of Easter, it seems likely that those first followers of Jesus would have just drifted away and apart. And all the teaching and healing, all the comradeship and accompaniment, all the prayer and feeding might have slowly faded into memory and nostalgia. But the circle of Jesus's friends and disciples did experience Easter. And our Easter this year, in the middle of our anxiety, about the pandemic and in our social distancing is a lot more like that first Easter than any we've experienced before. Just like them, we are separated, unclear about exactly what is going on and deeply uncertain about the future. Jesus's friends and followers hadn't gathered in one place either. There were no hallelujah choruses then. Instead, by ones and twos, in groups of seven or 10, at separate times and in separate places, those who had been closest to Jesus experienced him as alive. And this experience convinced them that the good news he brought, the news about the kingdom of God being close, was also still true. And they held on to the idea that they could live as if they were already in a world where there was healing and abundant life, liberation for the oppressed and good news for the poor, where the usual blessings of the culture had been turned upside down and everyone, everyone, everyone was invited into community to experience God's blessing and God's promise and presence. Jesus wasn't with them in the same way anymore, and they had to find a way to live both in this world under the Roman Empire and in the promise of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of hope. A tiny glance around the world they were living in let them know that that kingdom of God, that kingdom of hope had not fully arrived, and yet it was close. The most cursory knowledge of human history tells us that the kingdom of God has never has fully arrived for any community for any length of time. Various groups have tried to separate from the larger culture and create the kingdom in miniature. In the monasteries, among the Shakers, the Amish, the Moravians, the Cathars, there's been lots of attempts. 
with varying degrees of success and longevity, but none of them forever, and none of them for the whole world. And of course, there is our long history of Christian emperors and kings claiming that they were it, that they were the ones who would bring the arrival of the kingdom by coercion and brute force, which of course belies the very kingdom they thought they were bringing. Nevertheless, we are called to both look for and to be signs of the kingdom. Today's reading from Ephesians highlights this question for us. How do we live with hope in this world? This world as it is, while still looking for something more. How do we live? Watch what God does and then do that, the author wrote. Mostly what God does is love you, loves extravagantly. God loves not to get anything from you, but to give, you, give to you. So love like that. One of the things the author of Ephesians especially worried about, especially worried would prevent the early Christians from keeping their eyes on Christ was greed, which he identified as a form of idolatry. So he wrote, watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Now, as we observe Earth Day in the season of Easter, in the time of pandemic, that call to love without limits, to see signs of hope, and to make mo the most of the time can help us understand how to live. Even in times of loss, there are gifts to share. I don't mean to suggest that the pandemic is a gift not the virus and not the economic crisis rolling our way. But as author Julio Vincent Gambudo put it in a recent article, we have received a gift, what he calls the great pause. Now I put a link to Gambudo's article. The title is prepare for the ultimate gaslighting in the chat box, which you can find on the bottom or the right hand side of your screen. A warning, the language in the article is quite strong, so beware, but it is very thought-provoking. Obviously, as individuals, we are not experiencing this great pause all in the same way. Some of us who are white-collar workers who can work at home are restless. We may be anxious about the economy, but we're not in any actual physical need yet. Essential workers like my niece, who is putting herself through college as a cashier in a pharmacy, well, she's as underpaid as she ever was, and now she's putting herself in danger every single day. Medical workers are, of course, in even greater danger. And then there is the systemic, unequal, and uneven access to health care, which was true before the pandemic hit, and which we see now and which leads to wildly different outcomes for different people, depending on their race and their social location. So while we may all be in this together, we're not exactly in the same this. It's the same storm, but we are in different boats. But as a collective, as a planet, 
as part of the one web of life on our beloved, beautiful island home, we have been given a pause. That pause has cleared the skies over Los Angeles. It's made the Himalayas visible for the first time in 30 years. And week by week, it has washed clean the canals of Venice of their usual pollution and debris so that people can see fish in them. Those of us who are privileged to be bored at home are driving less, buying less, consuming less, and if we are very lucky, slowing down. Even while we pray for the sick and for their families, while we ask God to bless the scientists looking for a vaccine and strengthen the doctors experimenting to find a cure, as we give thanks for the healthcare workers and the grocery store clerks and the truck drivers that are keeping us all going and asking God to protect them, while we pray, we can point out the signs of hope in the darkness, the million acts of kindness and courage people are committing, singing from their balconies, playing on their front porches, dropping food to their neighbors. And we can point to an earth reprieved from the overuse of humans. We can use this pause to do the work that we as Christians have been called to do together. We can tell the truth about the world as it is and also point to the beautiful signs of an earth that can be healed. In Gambuto's words, what the trauma has shown us cannot be unseen. We have seen the earth again, but we have also seen a healthcare system that cannot provide basic protective equipment for its front line. We've seen businesses, small and large, that do not have enough cash to pay their rent or to pay their workers, even if they have the money to pay their shareholders. We've seen a government that has so severely damaged the credibility of our media that we don't even know where to go or who to listen to for basic facts that can save our lives. And when this pandemic does end, the forces of capitalism will gear right back up and try to convince us to spend and consume our way back to a normal, a normal that never really was normal and certainly not healthy for people, for poor people or for the planet. And if it isn't healthy for all the people or the planet, it isn't healthy for any people. We will need to remember that we are still in the in-between time. We will have to hold on hard to what we have seen during the great pause, the beauty and the inequality, the reality of the world now and the hope of the world as it still can be, restored to wholeness and balance. Our tradition gives us a template for how to do this. We are Easter people living in a broken and defeated, defeating world and still seeing Easter. May we have the courage to live Christ's path in the way we spend, share, consume, vote, serve, and pray when all of this is done. Like the first disciples, we will also have to hold on hard 
to our experience of the risen Christ. We will need to keep reminding each other of all of Christ's teaching and healing, all the comradeship and accompaniment, all the prayer and feeding, so they remain our animating way of life and not a mere empty religious tradition built on memory and nostalgia. We will have to be the face of Christ for each other and speak love and hope in our world. Amen.